systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. So what's funny is... Is that AJ says, hey, we need to figure out what we're going to eat this week because I'm not getting home chef. You know, it's you order online, they drop it off at your house. So she then goes to the store this week because we haven't gotten our home chef. And she buys the home chef in the store (laughs) and brings that home. So basically, we just don't want to have to put any thought into what's being made. We would just like it not to be frozen and processed. Well, no, and, here's know. here's my reasoning for that. Is, that, is that, that we have had people walking through our house all week because yes. our house is up for sale. Yes. And it's being shown. And so we have been like cooked because you have everything spick and span. Yeah, and, and we cooked like one day and yeah. I said this mess is not worth it while they're showing the house. But who knows how long they're going to show the house. So I didn't order Home Chef. And we ate out almost every day this week, and I feel disgusting about it. <laughs> it is always a great idea until it's not. Like, you know, I have some of my, um, like, my mom's friends I'm uh, friends with on Facebook, and they're all at retirement age now. Some of them go out to eat, like, morning, noon, and night. And, like, they're the ones who lost their minds during the pandemic because they were seniors they go out, yeah. who loved going out to eat. And, and, and now that it's back, they're going three times a day. I'm like, how do you keep, how does your stomach keep up That's with this? That's the thing. I don't have an iron gut for that. I mean, I can and eat out until I can't anymore. Let's be honest, pocket pocketbook, pal. Like, yeah, even even with the senior discount, I under, I understand you get the discount. It's a big deal. Talking to a guy who just got done with the student discount, which I never thought I'd have at forty two, but it was pretty <laughs> awesome. I get that. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to the podcast. What are we eating tonight, AJ? Um, it's up to you. We mm. have a salmon. Teriyaki salmon with rice and edamame. And you don't like edamame. I do. So I I got you broccoli. Okay. Um, Or we have a turkey ravioli. See, that's tough because last night we had a a pasta dish with seafood. So that's a little bit of both. You just have to decide. And I I did buy some garlic bread. I'll go with the ravioli. Okay. We'll do that. Just just because it's a different protein. We'll like mix it up. Okay. I can do that. That's what we're having for dinner tonight. Episode 28 of the podcast. Welcome, everyone. How are you? How are you? How are you? AJ, how you living? I just had a traumatic experience. I'm fine. <laughs> just, you know, unexpected. Didn't need that today. I got a, got a piece of cat hair in my eye. It was stuck to my mascara. Yeah. So, of course, then the uh, the key is take off the mascara. My God, talking about it, I'm starting to feel nauseated. Now, oh. if you're new to this whole... Uh, little farce that we put on twice a week in oh. podcast land. AJ has a deep phobia of all things eyeballs, her own eyes. Um, she's passed out before. She's neglected uh, eye appointments. She does not wear contacts. Uh, she is literally someone who can be chased out of a room. Oh. Remember the old Maury and, and, and Jenny Jones show? And every once in a while, just to mix it up, they'd bring out people that were afraid of dumb shit. And then yeah. always inadvertently and then bring out the dumb shit yeah. they're afraid of. So no matter what it was, if you're sitting there going, man, I'm afraid of cotton balls, Maury. Halfway through the conversation, a dude comes out with a plate full of cotton balls and that person would always get up and they'd run, run right? They'd run. And, and then that, remember the person would like, oh, they chase. Them. Well, they wouldn't chase, but they'd like walk really fast. Oh, yeah. 
And that is literally AJ. So if I start fucking with my eye right now, I can, as we're recording uh, this, no, I will chase her out of the room because that's like she can't handle it. I just, I couldn't get the piece of cat hair out. I took off my eye ma- makeup thinking, oh, that should solve the problem. It's stuck to my mascara. Mm-hmm. And then it went deeper into my eye. So I had to like zen myself out. And talking about it is going to make me throw Pretty up. Lit. Like I this had, is how crazy she is about it. Look, like she can't even talk about it. I had to zen myself out and go upstairs into my bathroom and just shut the door and say, get that out of your eye. And I did, and it wasn't easy, and I'm still pretty convinced I might throw up. up. You looked yourself in the mirror, and you said, you are a man. Damn it. I got it out. Make it happen. Well, the problem is, too, once you start, like, playing with your eye, like, your eye starts producing stuff to, like, get all the germs out. So, like, it just progressively gets worse. I just remember as a... Damn cats. I just remember as a kid... And when did this whole eye phobia start with you, by the way? Like, do, when do I was you remember a kid, like an age? I, I do. Um, and I think I've pinpointed when it happened. Okay. So I, um, I got pink eye when I was young. Sure. Like, I mean, before, like every little kid known to man. Yeah, sure, yeah. I got pink eye at school before I think kindergarten, maybe. And I remember we went to some church thing. We would go every Wednesday night to church. Yeah. And I, I remember walking up the stairs to leave the church Thinking, mom forgot my eye drops. Awesome. Like, it's late. She's not going to put in my eye drops. We're all good. Then we got back to, the, to our apartment, and yeah. she, she told me to lay down on the couch. And we had this, like, bird house decoration. And she'd say, look at the bird house and put the eye drops in my eye. And I would freak out. And I think that's when it started. So, like, what? Like, would she pin you down? No, she didn't pin me down. Doesn't no. sound too traumatic. I don't, it sounds like I don't that's the first why. time you, you remember being afraid of it. Yeah, no, I that, I think that's yeah, but I don't know why I'm afraid of it. It's dumb. See, it's weird. I'm afraid of most things like till I experience them. You know that. Can we talk about what you just said though? What's that? You made the joke about cotton balls. Yeah, you hate cotton. balls. I do hate cotton balls, but you couldn't chase me like, like I don't, if I had cotton yes. balls right now and just threw them. You at You could throw them. At me. I mean, I, I I would throw them back Is at it, you. Didn't you say it's like the texture? It's 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 just the texture. There's these. Co- I I don't like going necessarily. Um, and like, I wouldn't go into it like a thing of cotton and go play with it, but like, I wouldn't like, you couldn't chase me out of the room. I won't pass out if you press it on my face. Now, if you walked onto the, to the, uh, Maury set dressed as an eyeball, Uh, you could chase me out of the building. Absolutely. Yes. Like I've even watched, there's, there's been like cool parts that we've watched in, in movies Uh, and shows, um, even concerts because, Everyone's obsessed with eyeballs now. Uh, it's a big psychedelic revolution, so everyone's like third eye, and like eyeballs are big in just pop culture. And we'll be at like electronic shows, and these big eyes will show up on the screen, or an eyeball's looking at you. And, and I she, have to like look at the ground. She will. <laughs> She'll like look around. She'll just, just just start dancing the other way, just like okay, not looking at that. I don't, it's totally oh, irrational gosh. and stupid, and I know it, but I just. Listen, you know, you try to plan your day the best you can. Yeah. You don't expect to have a traumatic experience like that where you have to calm yourself down. Wanted to I don't uh, feel good. <laughs> take a second here. So AJ doesn't throw up here during the podcast. Yeah, let change the subject. So thank you uh, for, uh, we crossed 10,000 downloads. Oh, shit. I know. That's exciting. It's very weird because we you go from the world of uh, traditional radio where you have a really, in our case, an archaic rating system that... Never really um, worked, but you celebrated it when it worked your way, and then you would boohoo it when it didn't work your way. And in the podcast world, I I, I kind of said the same thing. I'm like, well, I don't know if there's ratings and rankings and all that. 
But and, we can see the metrics. Yeah, but I can see like you know who's listing when and where and why. And and uh, it is I feel like when you cross some kind of uh, that seems to be a big momentum that ten we hit ten thousand. So it means uh, of all of our twenty eight episodes, uh, uh, ten thousand uh, they've been downloaded, which is pretty pretty cool. Thank you. But I love that we can see that because we would get ratings books back, and some of them were just really bizarre. Yeah, you, uh, you, it, it, it's it's kind of fantasy land. So at least here I can say, hey. I've been watching our show from yeah. the, our little website, and I can tell that uh, folks have downloaded our show 10,000 times. And to me, that's something to... Uh, can we sell that to our advertisers? No. Oh, wait, we don't have we're any. powered by the people. <laughs> we have no advertisers, which is where... Which is usually what most... What if somebody offered to pay us? Though? Didn't someone already... Someone already did. As soon as we talked about the podcast, there was one guy. Yes. He, he runs a financial place here in mid-Michigan. Mid he wanted to be, like, like the sponsor behind it. And we said, thanks, but no thanks. Like, it's really generous of you, but yeah. we have literally kind of worked for a company and always had, a, a like, an eye over your shoulder. Yeah, I don't need somebody so, looking over my shoulder anymore. I'm, a, just, I'm grown, folks. Let's just do what we do, and that's what we're doing, baby. Uh, okay, so we have good news to talk about. We have tons of great TV shows that we're watching as well. And Snakes... And snakes and snakes. Hold on. Oh, it feels good. The good news with Pat and AJ. Good news time, making you feel fuzzy and ooey and gooey inside. By the way, always up at patandaj.com if you want to spread the ooey gooeyness. It's like a warm cookie. All over. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, headed to Louisiana for the good news this morning. You know, fraternities get a bad rap, and I'm going to tell you right now, I went to uh, a liberal arts college for my undergrad, and then I went to a Jesuit university for my master's. Not a lot of fraternity and sorority action happening at those no. kind of settings. <laughs> university of uh, Wisconsin at Milwaukee. Any frats, any yes, sororities? there were. There were quite a few, actually. So this is happening uh, from the Phi Gamma Delta Fraternity House. Now, this is down on the campus of LSU. It's Louisiana. Louisiana State University, and uh, these frat houses literally are just that. They're more than just party places. You know, people live there, and you pay rent, and there's cooks and everything. Yeah, there are actually cooks there, including a woman called Jessie Hamilton, who worked at the Phi Gamma Delta Fraternity House uh, in the 80s. By the way, they called her Fiji. That Aww, was oh, that's cute. Which I can just imagine a bunch of like frat dudes are gonna, of course, like name the cooks. Like you're, of course, you're gonna yeah. get like a like a frat nickname yeah. as well. So Fiji worked uh, at throughout the '80s at the uh, frat house making the food and actually kept in touch with a lot of the guys as they would grow up and they Aww. would actually affectionately call back. Oh, she was definitely the mother hen, yeah. of the house with us, right? So through the years, you grow on, she moves on, and she's a woman who has never had much means. Okay, she's a cook she's a service uh industry employee so at the age of 60 she was able to buy her first home oh my gosh yes now unfortunately for her to afford it she had to take out a 30-year mortgage i want you to think about that the age of 60 taking out a 30-year mortgage we had a co-worker do that in wisconsin and he always joked he's be he's like i'll be dead before i own this house at the beginning of the pandemic, one of her fraternity sons uh, gave her a phone call, right? Just to check in, see how you're doing. It's pandemic. We're shut down yeah. now. It turned out that Fiji was not doing well because you see with her being a woman that's basically lived check to check her entire life. When everything shut down, she had no means to no support income, herself. Yeah. And she wasn't going to be able to keep up the payments. On her house. On her house. On her first house. Uh, so, you know, that's when the fraternity brothers decided 
to throw a good old beef and beer bash. No, they didn't throw a beef and beer bash, but that'd be pretty cool if they did, right? Uh, they did all get together, though, and decide to throw a little green cash Fiji's way. Um, they raised enough money to pay off her mortgage. Uh, oh, my is- God, that's so amazing. One of the fraternity brothers, uh, Andrew, who's in his 50s now, by the way, uh, said she truly was like a mother to us. She treated yeah. us like we were her own kids. She was always looking out for us. So when we heard about this, all we had to do was get on the phone with the brothers. Oh! And before you knew it, Fiji now had a check presented to her. By the way, she's 74 now, so she still had 16 years left on that oh, mortgage. Man. And she was still working, by the yep. way, at 74, too. Oh, maybe she can... Put her feet up now. She can kick up her heels a little bit because Fiji owns her very own home, and it's all thanks to all the fraternity boys grown and uh, little and old alike at Phi Gamma Delta down at LSU. Good news is always up at patandaj.com. You guys make me feel good. Spread the good news now at patandaj.com. Arguably, I don't think any other animal has gotten a historic negative rap like a snake. Agreed. Agreed. Now, if you are a believer in Christianity, a snake literally is what led the downfall of humanity. Yeah, I was trying to explain to a friend of mine last night over text who's not real churchy, real religious-y, and she's like, what What do you mean snakes and, and the Bible? I'm like, oh, I'm like, one of the first things in the Bible is the bad snake. Of course, you got Adam and Eve hanging out there in the Garden of Eden. And Eden's not going to eat that apple until that dastardly snake comes over and talks her into it. And next thing you know, we're fucked for the next couple thousand years. I mean, snakes still freak me out, but I don't think they're satanic either. Now, here's my question. Would you have a different opinion if it would have been a kangaroo? What if you would have read the Bible and it said a kangaroo hopped over? Talked Eve into eating the apple. And then the little baby kangaroo pot, like hopped out of the, the pouch. <laughs> And it goes, hey, you, you should eat that apple. It I would, bet you it tastes really good. It would be interesting if the uh, the tables were turned and it was a different creature. Or, or what if it was a kangaroo and then Satan popped out of the pouch? <laughs> a little Satan popped out. Wow. Right? And goes, hey, Eve, go do it. So what I'm saying is poor snakes have gotten a bad rap. Okay? And I know all you think about is, look, they kill, they do all this. What is your doggy? What is your caddy? Right? Oh, they're all vegetarians? No. no. We have a snake in our house. It's a ball python. He's not that big. It's an itty-bitty one. In fact, it's very common, one of the most common snakes to be held as a uh, pet because they're so docile and don't get too big. Listen, I'm just like everybody else. I don't care for snakes because of the bad rap they've gotten. I've seen Indiana Jones. I am not a fan. But I also know that, you know, not all snakes are bad. I mean, some of them are still big and scary, but not this one. I understand this logic of thinking because I was raised around it. Our house is on the market. Everyone knock on the wood with us. We think we have an accepted we offer. Think, well, we, we have we do, accepted an offer. Know, We're just hoping it keeps going out, through. You know. Yeah. So we've had people walking through our house for the last week. And our realtor gives us the ever fun feedback that we talked about in our last podcast that AJ cannot handle and is not mature enough to be critiqued. Oh, on. hell no. I deleted the rest of the feedback emails. <laughs> I didn't even read them. I don't want to hear what you think of my house. All you have to say is, no, I don't want to buy it. I did it. not know you deleted Give them. Give a shit what you think. Just say, no, I don't want it. That's good enough. So our realtor tells us about a family who wanted our home and 
was ready to make an offer. Yeah, this was like, you know, this wasn't just some random person walking no, no, through. No. This was like somebody had called their real estate agent. and wanted, ready to go. And they, I mean, they were like on their way to our house and were like ready to, to make an offer. And apparently when they walked into our basement and wandered into the part that holds Bandito, the ball python, they turned right around <laughs> and walked out of the home <laughs> Because, A, the wife was deathly afraid of snakes. So this is, once again, Maury territory. This is like you with the eyeball. Yep. This is like Jenny Jones, like, bringing out the freak out. So this woman's afraid of snakes. And she's afraid of snakes on a biblical level. And not only are they they creepy and everything else, but it is... They're satanic. They're satanic. They're evil. And because of her faith... She cannot live in a house where there's been a snake that is housed a snake literally turned around and walked out of the home based off of one of the current occupants that is a reptile in the other room. Who we are taking with us to Arizona. Well, yeah, we by weren't going to leave him here. It's, it's not like he came with well, the house. No, and so our realtor he didn't come with the house. Our realtor said that. She said, "Well, you know, you said you were just going to leave the snake." And I I was thinking, I hope she didn't Tell the people like, <laughs> like the snake is now comes with the house. Like we just, just just so you know, the snake is very attached to the house, and it'll be living here. So the snake was the only pet that we just didn't feel the need to like pick up and take out of the house for a showing because he's in a terrarium. It's not it's not hurting anybody, and, and he hides in his little under. Yeah. And he's not he sleeps a, all day. He's a small snake. He's yeah. he's under two feet, so it's not like it's a huge you know boa constrictor. <laughs> but, we're trying to hide. Yeah, I asked our realtor. I'm like, you didn't tell them like when we said we were leaving the snake. No, that it had to be theirs right and she goes oh no she just didn't want the house because there had been a snake in it and like aj legit like was trying to just her her wheels were spinning and i said i understand this level of fucking crazy i was raised by a extremely religious catholic mother and my mom was so into the battles of good and bad and heaven and hell and she lived it man till the day she fucking died she lived it she um would not let me would not let me play Dungeons and Dragons. That was big in the eighties when I was yeah. a kid, right? She's like, that's that's satanic stuff. Then along came some kind of a castle, a gray skull album or something, and it had a skull on it. Boom, she throws that away. Didn't she say she wouldn't let you get a skateboard with a skull on it? And then on my birthday, yep. I was going to a skate shop to get the skateboard I wanted, a Mike McGill deck, which was a skull. With a snake wrapped through it. Oh, no. That's right, boys and girls. And my mom looked at me like, you are fucking crazy. (laughs) You cannot get that. And this was my birthday present. This is like taking your kid to Chuck E. Cheese for his birthday. And then when you get there going, oh, you want a pepperoni? Not a chance, kid. (laughs) It's, It's either sausage or we're leaving. And I ended up not getting that skateboard. So I said, I get this. This is something that like would have flipped my mom's switch. Now, I don't know, like... If, like, I don't know, a, a poster of it on the wall would make her run out. See, she may have said, like, take it down. I'm trying to think of what would make me, what creature I'd, like, walk into a house and say no. Like, if there, if our entire basement was a collection of snakes, yes, that would be a little strange. Like, if you walked into a basement that was draped in black, and there's dripping candles, yeah. and there's multiple snakes, and it looks like there's a little crystal ball. Yeah. Okay, maybe if you're an extremely religious person, you think you're 
buying a witch's house. Yeah, I would think that would be a little weird. I grew up very churchy, so yes, yes I would say, I don't know about that. But this, though, I mean, he's like a little, and, and listen, I don't like snakes. Even I think this little guy is kind of cute. Like, he comes out to say hi to me. He interacts. He's really cute. And I'm like, well, but he was in the back room, like, hiding, and we're not leaving him, and okay, whatever. So needless to say, they didn't make an offer on the house because of our snake. Which is crazy to me, especially in today's it's market. Like, like inventory's low. I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything short of a swastika that could have gotten me to pull out of our, yeah, our current home. Yeah. If, if I would have gone into the house that we're buying in Arizona, and all of a sudden I find out the guy who owns it, he's a Nazi. I would have That's said like no, the yeah. only way I could pull out. I don't Same. think there's anything else that I could walk through and go, oh, no. I'm not going to lie. You know, even if it was like, hey, this house is built on an Indian burial ground, I'd be like, cool, I, I, I'm into ghosts. It's let's, cool. Let's bring the chief and have him do a little Just, exorcism and no, make peace with no the No Nazis, though. No Nazis. So you would think we're done with snakes. No, we're not done with snakes because we're, all right, like moving Oro Valley, Arizona. It's a suburb of Tucson. And AJ is now getting involved in the community online, which means Facebook groups. Always yeah. always a fun place to make friends. I, You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm cordial on Facebook, so I was excited to join these groups. And sure enough, within one day of her joining this Facebook group, she's sending me all these links of the snakes and creepy critters that people have photographed and taken videos of um, from our new home, which, yes, Arizona, as we all know, home to rattlesnakes, scorpions, uh, mountain lions, javelinas, which are little pigs, all types of things that want to kill you. But then again... Listen, kids, I'm from the south side of Chicago. I moved to Flint, Michigan during a, a water crisis. I even dealt with the thugs of Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, tell everybody exactly what I texted you, because I think a little bit of my problem had to do not with snakes, but yeah. with uh, with the, the sweet Chiba. The Mary Jane. God, you still talk about weed like you were a twelve-year-old kid. <laughs> you, it's funny. To I me. can tell you're so repressed that like Wisconsin is like, don't smoke. I weed. know. No, I texted him and I said, "Hey, um, don't join the Oro Valley Facebook group because all they do is talk about the snakes that the rattlesnakes that are around the neighborhood." And, and then, it, I, and then I said, "Well, I'm sorry. I'm high and paranoid." And that's what she said. She said, "I'm high and paranoid." <laughs> so I was stoned. And then, like, she just starts stuff. like sending me random shit from the page. <laughs> I literally was under my bed covers, stoned out of my mind, thinking, this is a mistake. We can't move there. Like, there are rattlesnakes. <laughs> so, apparently, um, someone on this Facebook page posted a video of a rattlesnake cruising through their yard. And if you didn't know, in Arizona, a lot of the southwestern states, yes, that's why they have the brick and adobe style fences because it keeps out the creepy crawlies. Yeah. Uh, rattlesnakes, not good climbers, by the way. Good, good to uh, know. Scorpions, same. So uh, it does cut down on some of your possibility of crossing pads. Uh, now, look, obviously, you move to Arizona, you're going to deal with some of these things. It's the desert, yeah. But I shit you not, besides my little high wife, you know, Cheech upstairs, just like <laughs> texting me this shit. But snakes. Well, I'm trying to watch 48 hours. Thank you very much. <laughs> But on top of that, I end up going to sleep. And in my dream, <laughs> I have a dream that there's a rattlesnake cruising through our backyard of our new house. Because I'm just looking at like pictures last night yeah. on my laptop. And, 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 and in my mind, I'm out there messing with the pool. I see the rattlesnake. I'm like, oh, there's a rattlesnake. And all I think of is, let me just get the cats. Like, where are the animals? Because I don't care about it. He'll cruise along. Yeah. 
It's our animals that'll be the problem. And of course, it's like in my dream, I blink and all of a sudden both my cats are right by it and they're trying to like smack it on the head. And now I'm thinking, how do I get the cats away from the rattlesnake? Without getting bit. Without getting bit and having them getting bit and without, you know, so now it's in my subconscious and I wake up (laughs) thinking about goddamn snakes as well. (laughs) The first thing we talked about when we both woke up this morning was snakes. Snakes, first thing. I, you just got to remember, and, and you know, I cruised the page a little bit more today, and all of the lifelong Arizona, is it Arizonians, Arizonans? No, no, it's a good question. Um, all of the lifelong Arizona residents said, listen, they don't come seeking problems. You're where they are. You are yeah, we're, you know, you're in their territory. Just leave them alone. They this are, is, um, th- and that's part of, but like you said, that's part of the stigma about snakes is that snakes are like, exactly. they're out to kill. And really they're just how out do you to know? Exist. Yeah. How do you know that? You don't. How do you know that that snake that's cruising through your yard is any, what if you have a homicidal rabbit and you just don't know that that cute little bunny that's hopping through your yard and you stop and look and go, look at the bunny. What if that bunny is the fucking Ted Bundy of bunnies? Hello, Monty Python and Thank the Holy you. Grail. And what if that bunny goes out every night and finds other bunnies and rips their necks out? And you don't know well, that, but that poor little snake, I bet you that snake goes to church. Gets a bad rap. I bet you that snake has a wife and a bunch of kids at home. He's just trying to yeah. earn an honest living and sure. you fuck with them all the time, man. <laughs> Listen, listen, I, I didn't ask to be born a six Thank foot you. foot tall woman. Snakes don't ask to be they born ask. snakes. They, they they're ask. dealt that card and they got to deal with assholes like us. So it was just weird to have like, you know, snakes, all the snakes, snakes on a plane, snakes everywhere. Like snakes like in, on the brain, snakes everywhere. We got to clear the snakes out of the cockpit. Yeah, yeah, clear the snakes out of the cockpit. Yeah. Enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I guess since we have no interactions with people, what we're watching deals with communities or families. It is weird to watch any kind of television right now, whether it's uh, movies or streaming, whatever you're watching, to see the world as it was before the pandemic is very strange. What you watching? New on Hulu is... A documentary all about WeWork. It's called WeWork or the Making and Breaking of a $47 billion Unicorn, (laughs) which is the story of the revolutionary workspace idea um, that apparently wasn't worth anything that uh, it really was. It, It turned out it was more like you were just renting a desk. That's crazy. Which is nutty because I learned about WeWork right when I signed up for uh, my master's program for graduate school because I had to sign up for all this shit and I'm signing up for these little known things back then like Zoom before the world knew about Zoom. Pat knew about Zoom before the rest of the world. (laughs) But WeWork was another one. I go, what the fuck is WeWork? And now WeWork, it was really when they said you had to sign up for it, it was for in-person. I go, oh, well, why? I'm online. I'm I'm here in Michigan. My school's in the Bronx and New York. Why do I have to sign up for this? And that's when I learned about what WeWork is. WeWork is basically taking the idea that had been bubbling for a while that tech entrepreneurs don't need traditional office space. No. Now, remember, this is before the pandemic, which is weird. You have to go pre-pandemic yeah. thinking. Like, we all know that now. There are yes. there are a lot of workplaces that are not yes. even telling people to come but, back. They're like, work remotely. But this is before we knew we could all do that. So let's imagine you're like AJ, right? AJ has launched her very own freelance media company. 
and she needs somewhere to go work, right? But you don't want to, you can't afford a traditional office and you don't want to work out of your home. How about harnessing the collective energy of everyone else in your field by going to a place where they all are? And that is basically what the startup kind of shared workspace idea was. And WeWork was a company, an idea that took it and kind of branded it and said, we can make it so much more. We can make it, we live where we revolutionize the way you live. And it's all about um, community and collaboration. And it was about if you're a tech entrepreneur or a freelancer, uh, you could work in this building with 50 other you know tech entrepreneurs and freelancers. And you can bounce ideas off of each other and you're paying a fraction of the price. And of course, it's all led by a charismatic man. Oh gosh, isn't it always? Always. And he used his, his charisma to drum up massive amounts of money and values. And of course we know with companies comes IPOs and stock options. And you always hear about the guy who worked at Amazon when it was just a book bookstore. Yeah. And, and, and that guy has that stock and now it's worth 17 gajillion dollars. We know one of those guys. Well, that didn't happen to WeWork, but wah, you know, wah. for a while, it's so sad. Everyone to see. thought it was. I, and I didn't watch this with Pat, but I, I was uh, working on my laptop while he was watching it and just listening to it. I didn't understand what was going on. I'm glad you explained it because no I, I didn't see the beginning no of it. No problem. But listening to the people affected by it, it's just so cliche because it's all these people who thought they were part of something revolutionary like Amazon that was going to be the next Amazon. And they ended up getting screwed. And, and they've got nothing to show for it. And it was so sad. Now, what about you take a community, not of tech entrepreneurs and freelancers who all want to come up with the next big thing, because that's really what it is. It's 50 wannabe Mark Zuckerbergs yeah. under one roof, all trying to become the next Zuckerberg. What you watching? I watched The Source Family on Amazon Prime, which is about Father Yod and The Source Family who were a 1960s to 70s hippie commune. I was just going to say, his name was Yod Source. That's right. Literally? Father Yod. Yod Source. And it was like a... Sounds like a website. Sounds like they had an, an entire thing going on. And magically, this guy... See, usually all those uh, crackpot leaders, yogis, it all ends with like people dying. Yeah. This one didn't end like that. Is that good? How yeah, did it end? It is nice. Well, it, no, this it's this refreshing. This dope just dies. That's it. Oh, that's does, the way it should be. He does dopey shit and then he dies. Do you really want to hear how he dies? It's the d- dumbest way ever. How? So he's a dude, right? Father Yod, and he's a guy, and he's had just a kind of a a, a, a weird life, a tough life. Sounds like it. And then in the sixties, tries LSD, which at that time would have still been illegal as a research substance. And has a change of vision on life and becomes very spiritual and healthy and starts really the earliest trends of health food and clean living eating out on the West Coast with restaurants. And that's what this whole family was based on. And it kind of forms into a spirituality, and it forms into a family. And you're waiting for the turn. Yeah, you're like, okay, there's always a turn. You're like, when do they eat the Kool Aid, or or, yeah. or 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 when does he say we need to start World War Three yeah. and go kill everybody? And he doesn't. Instead, they literally move to Hawaii. Father Yod wakes up one day and says, 
I am going hand gliding today. Oh, no way! <laughs> Even though I have never been taught how to hand glide, God has told me today is the day. Oh, <laughs> that's not what he meant. <laughs> you misinterpreted God on that one. And today was the day because he hand glid off a cliff in Oahu oh. and crash landed. And died nine hours later. True so, story. That's how it ends. So it's, that's how it ends. Is he like religious? Was this like a religious thing? Very close. Like he, he floated in between, you know, we're like people of God and he talks to see God. That, but no, he, that but, just sounds like a, an acid trip. But he's not very, I mean, a lot of it's based in, in, in the acid experience well, and, yeah. and, and the ideals that you can form about community because he gets a whole community of people that for the most part, are still productive members of society. Yeah. A lot of them are still together to this day. A lot of them continue to do great things in the world, and it was this snapshot in time. Fascinating. And the only weird part about it is, and I don't know why, and, and this is probably the most fucked up part of it, and it seems like charismatic men, if you can harness your, your charisma, you can do something with it. Like we learned in the WeWork documentary, you can make money. Right, you can be the guy who can convince people that an idea is worth something, and you can profit off. You can be like RuPaul, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Or you get to this guy, and he uses it for pussy because you know. Well, that's that sounds like you uh, <laughs> back he, in the day. He, I mean, you know, he wanted to use it strictly for women. Essentially, at one point in his little family, it goes from him and his. His wife, who, who, by the way, she's like 19 and he's like 40-something. Awkward. So he's already like the old guru guy with the hot young wife and all the hot followers. All the young kids, right? All of a sudden, now he needs to have multiple women. And so he takes, at that point, multiple partners. Okay. Now he, and, and, and then he starts like kind of switching up the partners in the family. Like they all got kooky names. Like What's son, this called again? It is called... The Source Family. Okay. You can see this on Amazon Prime Video. It's free, okay. free for you to watch. And he starts kind of pairing people up, and they all got goofy names like Electra and Amazonia okay. and shit like that. And you keep waiting for this weird turn of what's going to happen, and it really just turns out that the guy kind of liked to have sex a lot. That's cool. And he had some decent ideas. And then he died hang gliding. And then he had a really shitty idea, and that was to go hang gliding without knowing how to go hang glide. Thank you, Liz. Finally, a, a, a cult movie we can all get behind. Watch you watching. This documentary is called City of Joel. It's on Amazon Prime. And it is the story of a town called Monroe, 50 miles north of New York City, along the New York State and New York Jersey border. Within this town of Monroe, there is a one square mile area inside the town of Monroe called Curious Joel. Or is it Curious Joel? They all say it differently. They'll say KJ for sure. KJ. Short. They call it KJ. Curi and it, it means City of Joel. That's what it means. It is a uh, residence of Hasidic Jews. Now, if you don't know the Hasidic Jews, they are probably most commonly known for being in Brooklyn of New York. Yeah, all the boroughs. And they have areas that are very protected to them, and they are um, allowed to practice their religion to best of their ability without well, violating rules within this area, right? Yeah. So they've done this 
in this little town. This guy showed up in, in like York. 1977 and said, I'm going to make a, a, a town within this town for Orthodox Jews to live and, you know, practice our religion and, you know, just be able to live our lives. Which is, I mean, this is one of the religions very strict with the clothes. It's not even, I mean, it is with, um, men and women like can't hang out yeah, together. Like it the is gender roles like yeah. they have, you know, again, my whole thing with religion. Which to me, I think they all cause way more problems than they solve. Yeah, I told my son today. I said, "Here, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up church for you in one word. Be a good person." Yeah, there you go. Go forth and have fun with your life. But religions in general, they just take it very serious. Yeah, you may be a Catholic or a Lutheran or whatever you are, and you take it quasi seriously. Oh, like yeah. there's the Ten Commandments, but let's be honest, you got laid before you were married. Yeah. <laughs> No, Orthodox Jews do not from birth to death. Like, they just take their shit seriously, right? So, in order for them to take it seriously, I will admit they do need a lot of environmental elements. Well, yeah, it goes beyond, like, just, I mean, the kosher food is a huge issue, but that's not even the biggest one. It's like the smallest one. one. That's the easiest one. So, the City of Joel documentary takes us to a point in time where the Hasidic community of KJ needs more space. And they're, they they admit it. They're like, we are reproducing. I mean, this is very much akin, um, you know, I, I lived in Utah for a while, and the Mormon church, same thing. Their number one thing is having kids. And they say that in, in the documentary. Yeah. Orthodox Judaism is about, about family kids. and kids. What you have is a small part of a town, which, of course, is... What do they say? There are 22,000 people living in one square square mile. mile. And now this little village says, hey, we need more space. So can we have all this land? So they go to the surrounding town of Monroe and say, hey, we want to annex a bunch of your like forest land here and build on it. And the people of Monroe are like, Hold on a second, because you have to understand the people of Monroe all moved up there. Yeah, these are all basically New York City refugees. Basically, they've all moved out of Manhattan because they don't want to live there anymore. But they all, a lot of them work in Manhattan still, but this is a doable commute. And they're like, well, we moved up here to get away from all the people. And there's land up here and we like the trees and, and nature. And basically we don't want you to tear it down to build more houses for your families. Which is, I mean, that was the whole point. It was, we're not annexing this land for roads. We're not annexing it for develop. I mean, it was for houses and it was going to be multiple dwellings, multiple. I mean, this is not built for like big suburban lots. We're talking houses on houses on houses. They build up, not out. And the whole film delves into the question that uh, so many of us try to answer. Do we have in the U S of a, a freedom of religion or a freedom from religion? This was a very weird documentary. It, it was an excellent documentary, but it, it definitely um, it conjured up some weird feelings, at least for me, because I went into it expecting a good guy and a bad guy. And by the end of the documentary, I didn't feel like there was either one of those. Yes. I was like, I, I, I could see the ick on both sides. I'm like, ew, why are you guys doing that? Oh, well, you shouldn't do that either. What the hell? Like, I didn't leave feeling satisfied. There was, well, and they even say that in the documentary. They're like, every play has a villain. Otherwise, nobody will sit around to watch the end of it. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's the problem. And it speaks to so much in our society is that we love to believe 
that there are binary choices and that things are right or wrong, left or right, Black and up white, or down. Yeah. It, we don't like the the shades of gray. And, and both of these communities are shades of gray. It's shades of gray. There's like there's, the Monroe community who are people just like Pat and I that own their houses up there and just live their lives. They're all very tolerant. Like none of them have a problem with the Orthodox Jew community. They have a problem with them taking over the natural land that surrounds their town. And of course, you know, then the residents of KJ say, well, if you don't let us annex, you're an anti-Semite. And it, it just, it gets ugly. And like both sides really have their pluses and minuses in this documentary. It's very, for the Michiganders who are listening to us, it would be very akin to probably Dearborn. Yeah. We all know Dearborn, Michigan is very, uh, a heavily strong Muslim community. So if you want to check it out, it's called City of Joel. It's on Amazon. It is so good, you guys. It is like you... You won't walk away feeling like you side with either one, but I kind of like that. And if, you know, after hearing the old rabbi talk for a couple hours, you're saying, I want to see another old rabbi talk. Great. It's called The Source Family, and it's also on Amazon Prime. You can watch that bearded guy talking. If you're saying, I'm done with bearded guys talking to me, fine. Go to Hulu and pop on WeWork or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn and watch Adam Newman, a non-bearded man, (laughs) also give you some words of wisdom. Wicked, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey. Are you our new neighbors? We're your new neighbors. Yeah. 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 Well, man, if you guys ever need anything or we get too noisy, just talk to me or talk to Pete. We'll take care of it. Same with us. I mean, we get pretty loud over there. Yeah, yeah. We're Game busy. of Thrones, we get loud. When Khaleesi comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, dope. So I didn't know that we were doing it, it wrong, but if you're someone who's recently purchased real estate, a home in this market, or you're someone who sold real estate, did you receive a letter, a personal letter from the buyer when an offer was placed? Because I can assure you right now, we most did not. We let our money do the speaking. Yeah. That's where you put down an offer with money and you say, hey, hello. Here is my money. Here's my your money. house. We get an offer on our home that will knock on wood and we hope is, uh, I mean, it's accepted and we hope yeah. it all goes through and everything. But our realtor gives us the offer along with a letter and the letter is written from the prospective buyer basically pitching why you should choose them and kind of given their life story. I didn't know this was a thing, and I think, you know what I think it is? I think we are very scarred from our radio days because when we would have, like, contests on the radio station, people would famously email us and call us and give us their life story and basically say, my life sucks, here's why you should just give me the prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So immediately when our realtor said they wrote you a letter, I said, oh my gosh, they're going to like lowball the offer right, with the sob story. Like, like that's what I'm thinking. I go, oh no. Am I going to get a letter that's like, listen. I'm down on my luck. My poor mother is dying of cancer and all she wants to do is see me own a home before yeah. she fades into that gentle <laughs> night. Can you fulfill my dying mother's wish of allowing me to buy your home for $14,000? <laughs> that's what we thought it was going to be. That's legit what I'm waiting for. And instead we start reading this sweet letter of just a family it says, here's who we are, and here's uh, where we've been, 
and we think your home and your neighborhood would be a great fit for us, please consider our offer. We're really touched by this. Until AJ floats this out to her her girlfriends, and they all come back with, oh, no, that's what you have to do these days. Yeah. So they've all purchased homes, new homes, um, more recently than we have. Yeah. And I said, I, and that's exactly what I said. I like, I said, uh-oh, there's a letter. That must mean they're going to lowball us. And all of them said, no, everybody writes letters to buy a house nowadays. And I said, which, what? Which, again, we did not. So now I feel bad. I'm like, oh, shit, should I have written a love letter to uh, the people that uh, we're buying the house from? I think the reason that the letter, because with the house we're buying in Arizona, long story short, the guy who was buying it before us, his financing fell through. Yeah. And the guy who's selling the house is overseas serving in the military. Serving in the longest goddamn war we've ever had yeah. in Afghanistan. Thank you, sir. So I don't think he would really give a shit about a letter i think he just wants to get just rid of the house so, yeah well plus there was such a delay but i did not know this was a thing and then here's the here here's the rub boys and girls because if you thought the end of the letter would be a pitch on why we can't afford it no they offer above asking this is a thing now again this is a thing i know it's competitive and i'm not gonna lie to you the house that we bought the home that we purchased in arizona we did offer above asking yeah because that market is that crazy where your starting has to be asking and if you really want it come with what you got and so even though we did that out there i did not expect someone here to a give a big letter which was like i said it was beautiful wonderful 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 letter like i love the fact that i can picture who's going to be living in my house i love that and And they seem awesome and then they come in above asking asking. price i was like are you fucking kidding me like this is la la land that's how competitive it is right now crazy because i thought about it think about it when we sold our our last house it was 2014 so we're still like coming out of the recession like we're coming back slow as fuck and yeah. plus, we were in central Wisconsin where it was really kind of stalling, too. So we didn't know what was going to happen with our home. We put it on the market and just, I mean, who knows? And we somehow got an offer, and we made like a couple thousand dollars, I think, off the Although, deal. you know, I'll tell you, I think if we would have gotten a letter from the couple that bought our house in Wisconsin, I would have been less pissy about it because, like, they lowballed us on that house and basically said, well, it's going to need a new furnace. It's going to need this. It's going to need that. And all yeah. I saw was that on paper. And I'm like, screw you guys. And But I didn't know who they were. And I didn't care. I'm like, you're lowballing me on a house that I've taken care of. I think if I would have gotten a letter from them, I would have had a little bit more empathy. <laughs> now, here's the thing. People like that are not surviving in today's market. You're not coming in going, hey, hey, pal, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. You're saying, I'll take care of X, Y, and Z. Can I buy your home? seriously thank you there's no bullshit right now because the inventory is that boom 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 but i was just shocked to find out that this is now a thing yeah and i can imagine if you were in a super multiple offer situation yeah like 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 if you had 10 offers in front of you and let's say five of them are all they meet your criteria say five are all cash you just gotta pick one and it's just you gotta pick one and can you imagine if now it's like the fucking essay when yeah. you apply to go to college. Yeah. Like this is, hey, beyond my report card, which is your money, right? Yeah. So beyond my proof that I belong here, which is this, now I have to write to you now an essay. I have essay. to tell you why I belong this here. This is why I belong. This is why you should allow me. This I is, love it though. I love no, it. No, I think it's great, but you got to understand my cheap Pollock brain is like, hold on, I'm spending money 
and now I got to kiss your ass too, and I'm spending money. It just does not compute for well, me. That's why we didn't write a letter. Why? Well, well, yeah, that's see, obviously. Now, so now I'm torn. Now I want to write a letter to the guy who's selling us his house in Arizona. And <laughs> I, I basically thank you letter. Well, yeah, thank like you. a thank you. Like I love your house. Thanks for being cool. Like thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Like I'm, I want to write him a letter. Yeah. And also because our home buying process in Arizona has taken longer than we thought it would. Sure, yeah. I kind of want to be like, hey, dude, sorry about that, but we weren't going to let it fall through like yeah. the last one. Um, and now that I've read this touching, wonderful letter from the wonderful family oh. that's going to live in our house, I want to write him a letter back. Yeah. Like I today, <laughs> I'm, wanna... I was driving home from dance class today thinking... What, what could I put in the, you yeah. know, I would tell them who we use for a lawn service. I would tell them who delivers here. Like, thank you so much. Take yeah. care of our house. Listen, we'll listen, miss it. Listen, once again, uh, guys, if you needed another reason why I'm going to tell you right now, never to fuck around and step out on your girl. It's because she'll find out. Within three minutes, AJ had both their Instagrams pulled up. Like as soon not hard. as soon as they wrote, as soon as like the letter gave us just an inkling, like I'm talking that much of information. She tied a common name to the person. Like it was, you were like Neve from Catfish. You were done. Like, I like love the way you the act. show was done. It was over. You act like this is so hard to do. I have. It's just their, funny they, to watch they, you do it in real time. They probably looked us up too, and we all have each other's full no. names now. How how they look us up how they know who we are oh uh, they took our name off the paperwork and put it in facebook That's you don't what... get the paperwork but i'm saying like like when they were writing the letter they didn't know who we were like so they couldn't like research us because That's then true. then then you would know if they were pitching like what if they were pandering to you what if all of a sudden you can tell that like they have researched you and they're like dear patrick and jennifer First off, top of the morning to you. Sorry, we're Irish, and just like to say that in my family, where we're proud of our Irish heritage. Like then you know, like like they're pandering to it's you. Also, just so you know, public information where we live. They have our address. They can figure out who we are so within seconds. AJ's like, but I oh, wanted to put oh, a face look, to it. Oh, their daughter's cute. Look at her. No, oh, I, look, that must be him. I wanted to put a face to it. <laughs> It is a very emotional thing to sell it a house. Is. And I'm it like, is. I want to be able to picture who's in here next. Okay. Remember when we first moved in here, mm -hmm. the guy who lived here before us, and he was renting. He, he was wasn't renting. the owner. Yeah. But he came to pick up some of his mail. And he like he was like, hey, can I come in and take a look around? Because we had painted. We had somebody come in and paint. And like he was all like nostalgic. And I get it. Like I'm going to be curious to see what they do to this house after we leave because we spent seven years of our lives here. I never want to look. I never want to really? look. No, because they're going to change stuff. And like I've talked about this with the house that I grew up with in a, in a Chicago, which my grandparents built. And then we had it until literally they died. It's so like 97, 98 is when we sold it. And I've thought of I've driven past it. I've stopped and looked at it because the outside's the outside, well, right? Yeah. Bushes are bushes, whatever. And and there and there's not an inch of me that wants to go inside because it's not going to be not the same. what I remember it to be. And it's just going to seem different. I'm like, let me keep those memories my memories. Well, it's, and it's not necessarily just about memories. I just liked being able to picture these people living yeah. here and who they'd interact with in the neighborhood based on the, the age of their kids I and say stuff like they that. They wrote a great letter to like envision that where they go, we have one daughter who's this age and she's attending this school and we could, you know, we can envision her playing in the backyard in the pool. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit, man, this is, this is like a fucking Ron Howard movie. I love it, man. I was, I was so touched and moved by the whole thing. I was expecting them to offer like 10 under 
asking, and I said, "That's what I thought." I know. I've been like, "Oh, okay. Well, that was a nice letter." I thought they're going for like the big pitch, and then at the end, they're like, "Look." You only have this much, but we think your house is perfect. And shit, I would have given it yeah. to him. Don't say that now. But I right. mean, I, I, <laughs> the offer is accepted. Yeah, it's we over. already signed the deal. But I mean, this is like really touching, man. So if you are out there in this wild, wild west of real estate and you are on the purchasing end of things and you're out there trying to make your offer work and you may have everything else done, you may have your loans, you may have a cash offer, you may have everything ready to go. Maybe you need to write that letter. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.